Hello, and welcome to The Cheerleading Junkie. I'm your host, Jill Markley. Today, we are talking to Alexa Gibbons. Alexa is a former NFL pro cheerleader who has recently started a YouTube channel, The American Cheerleader. It's dedicated to discussing pro cheer and the best ways to make the team. Thank you for being here today, Alexa. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it should be fun. Um, You've recently started the YouTube channel based on your NFL experience as a cheerleader. Which team did you cheer for? I cheered for the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah, go Hawks. Yeah. 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 How long were you a pro cheerleader? I did three seasons. So it was uh, 2010, 11, and 12 which was, if you know anything about the NFL, it was the year before the Seahawks won the Super Bowl is when I retired, (laughs) unfortunately. So um, I didn't get to go to the Super Bowl if I had done it in a year. But I did three amazing years. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah, we are um, Patriots or Tom Brady followers. So, Oh, (laughs) I mentioned Tom Brady in my video. (laughs) Yes, you do. You talk about the TV 12 diet. But yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get on to that. Um, So... And at the risk of sounding like a cheesy fangirl, what is it like to cheer in the NFL? I mean, that's amazing. It is amazing. It is definitely a dream come true. Um, It's very different than high school cheerleading or college cheerleading or all-star cheerleading, but similar. You know, I mean, it's all kind of performing and it's all having spirit and being positive and interacting with the community. And so all of those things that most cheerleaders love it's that, but it's just on such a bigger scale and in front of so many more people and with more professionalism. So it's more of a business. Um, you know, in most organizations around the NFL, the cheerleaders are actually employees of the of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And so you're really treated with a lot of um, respect and that comes with a lot of responsibility. And so it's a very um, life-changing job job instead of a hobby. So, yeah. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I I can't even imagine. And a lot of pro cheer looks a lot more like dance than actual traditional cheer or all-star cheer or something like that. Um, Do you have a background in both cheer and dance or just one or? Yeah. So um, I have a background mostly actually in gymnastics was where I started um, for, I don't know, 10 or 15 years since I was a little kid, that's what I was doing. And I was also in ballet and I did various dancing. Um, then I did high school cheerleading, um, in conjunction with all-star cheerleading. And so my high school team, I know every high school is different, but we did, um, some, a little bit of stunting. Um, I was pretty much the only tumbler. It wasn't a competitive high school team, but the all-star team I was on was, very competitive. And so I did that as long as my body allowed me to, (laughs) which that sport really takes you, uh, takes a lot of years off your life. So so I only did that one for a couple of years. Uh, I did some, um, some point, some ballet, like point dancing, pretty high level, um, with a company out here in uh, the Pacific Northwest for a couple of years, um, dabbled in like lyrical and a little bit of different kinds of dancing, but actually dance is not my um, primary training. So a lot of people um, who are NFL cheerleaders are incredible dancers. And some of them actually aren't dance really that well trained in dance, but they are, they were maybe cheerleaders or gymnasts. So they know how to move their body and they know how to learn. And so I was one of those people who made it on, even though I wasn't um, 
you know, someone who could do 10 fuetes in a row. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, what even inspired you to become a pro cheerleader or to try out for the team? Um, it was, it just kind of came about, to be honest. I, um, I loved cheerleading in high school. I loved the lifestyle of being a cheerleader. I'm very positive. I love encouraging others. And that's like very, I guess, stereotypical cheerleader. That's who I was. And so I wanted to keep doing something. I was a little bit heartbroken. And when I got to be like five foot eight and I couldn't do standing back tucks anymore because my knees were killing me. So the gymnastics, me retiring from gymnastics was hard because gymnastics was Mm -hmm. my life. And I was like, I got to do something. So I switched to dance. Well, actually, first I switched to cheer. But being 5'8 in cheerleading is also, I mean, it's fine. I was a back spot, but I wanted to do college cheerleading. But the only team that my college had was a partner stunting team. And so being so tall and partner stunting doesn't really work. I mean, I think you can be a 5'8 flyer. You can if you know how to hold yourself. And I was, and I did, but I didn't, um, the, the girls I was competing against were, it just didn't really make sense to take me on that team. So I couldn't really make it onto the team I wanted to make it on, which was college. And I was feeling really discouraged and you know how girls in high school get, they're like, I'm not good enough. You know, I, my body, I can't help who I am and why is I'm so frustrated. Anyway, somebody, including my mom several times, but someone else said, you know, you have such long legs and you're so tall. You need to be a dancer. Like, why aren't you go be a rockette or something? And I was like, what? You know, (laughs) but then I thought about it and I thought, well, maybe, maybe I should use my strengths um, to my advantage and actually do that. Because when I was standing around like um, partner stunting teams, I was like slouching to try to not look so tall. (laughs) I was like, I can, I can hold myself in there and I could, but still, why would you throw a five, eight girl up when you have a five foot girl? Like, right. just, um, so anyway, so I, I kind of embraced the fact that I was done tumbling and I was done stunting and I wanted to take on dance and performing in that way. So I kind of focused on the Seagal team, which was a Seattle dance team in my area. And said, I'm going to go for it. And um, I was 18. So I was just the cusp of um, being able to be on the team. And I just was, I just kind of put my head in the sand and studied them and, you know, did everything I could to look like a professional dancer mm-hmm. <laughs> at that time. And um, I made it. So. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. And I ended up being way more fun than I could have imagined. And I actually am really glad I did that instead of college cheerleading, because I think it, changed my life a lot more. It was more impactful to me, I think, than college would have been. That's just just my experience. Well, it's kind of interesting that, you know, you would, I feel like a lot of people, if they don't make their college team or whatever their team, they kind of just stop. So it's really, it's neat that you didn't kind of let that stop you and you were really resilient and kept pushing off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and to be transparent, I had some really sad days because I really wanted to be in college cheer and I tried to be on their team and I did everything I could. And I was like, I can't be done yet. You know, I'm not done. Um, (laughs) There are a lot of teams and not just NFL, but um, hockey and basketball. And um, there's just, there's a lot of of stuff you can do as a, as a former cheerleader or or dancer into your twenties. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what is the audition process like for the Seahawks or for an NFL team? 
Well, it's different per franchise, of course. Um, but for the most part, it it's usually a couple weeks long, and there's usually a few rounds. And so there's usually an open call, which has anywhere from 100 to thousands of people who show up, and they just start dancing, and they make a cut based on, you know, kind of... So they usually have criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, most teams, it's something along the lines of, Danceability, of course, is one, but that's really not the only one or necessarily the most important one. Um, Showmanship is another one. Physical fitness appearance is another one. Speaking ability is another one. So they kind of narrow you down every round based on those criteria. And then um, at the end of the few weeks, there's usually an interview as well, a one-on-one interview so they can get to know you. At the end of that time, um, the returning veterans from the team before who are re-auditioning will join you for usually the final round or something along the, you know, at the end. And that's um, the scariest part because when you're the, at the first few rounds, you're only looking at all of the people who've never made the team. And you're thinking, oh, you know, I'm looking really good here. I think I got this. And then at the very end, the rest of the veterans join you and you're like, oh, <laughs> shoot. So that's, um, that's the very end. And then you have to compete against them. And so, so um, I, I'll give an estimate. Most teams have between, between 28 and 36 women for NFL. I'm speaking for NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually about 10 or so of those are rookies. And so there's not that many spots. A lot of girls return year to year. Some girls don't. And just because you are a veteran doesn't mean that you make it back. And so you have to kind of, I always heard you have to come back stronger than the year before because if you're not and you're outdanced by somebody who's new, you don't make it back. So yeah. there's always um, hard cuts at the very end. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So um, one of my favorite shows, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's making the DCC's team. I just oh, yeah. I love it. Um, but <laughs> is the process similar where like you get through that whole initial audition or the days of auditions and then you audition against the veterans, but then you go into a training camp where you're still really auditioning. Did you have to go through that or was it a little less rigid? So the Dallas Cowboy Trailers are the only ones that I'm aware of that have a training camp like that. Yeah. And it's crazy. Um, I actually hadn't seen the show until the last couple of years. um, And I love it. I mean, I'd seen clips of it and I definitely wanted to watch it, but I think I just was so consumed in my own business that I didn't, but, um, but I, yeah, I've, I've definitely binged it in the last few years because I just love it. It's so fun, (laughs) but, um, it's very interesting what they do because they basically keep girls up until like the week before a first game and then they cut somebody. And, um, that was not my experience at all. I don't know many teams who do that. I think that's, um, very unique. Um, and I, I can't imagine the emotions that would go on behind that. If you were one of those people. Um, most auditions happen in the springtime like march or april or may even may and they they make the team and then it's decided and you spend your summer um now i will say summertime for nfl cheerleaders is like training camp Mm -hmm. in the show only you're not getting cut however i guess i should caveat that um there is a level of expectation that you're going to grow as a, as a dancer and you're going to mold into the team and the cheerleader that, you know, they want you to be. And so if you're not, um, you know, yeah, you would, you would be released from the team, but it's, it's not like you're, 
you know, there's not rounds of cuts. Yeah. But, um, I, I have seen it happen where um, someone just wasn't picking something up and, and, you know, it wasn't a good fit. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense with any job. I just, I, I've always been impressed with that. You go through all that hard work to try out and then it's like, it's like months of tryouts. You know? so. I mean, and it's tough for them because they like quit their job and it's like, that's, yeah, it's intense. I mean, it's, it's unique. I don't think any other team does that that I know of. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So like we started the, this interview with, you've started a new YouTube channel and it just has a couple episodes out on it so far. Um, so I went and I watched both of the episodes and I really enjoyed them. I find you seem like you're just really like approachable and easy, you know, to kind of listen to and, and get advice from, but what inspired you to start a YouTube channel in the first place? Um, so I have actually been on YouTube, um, for various reasons in the past, I actually have a blog. And so I have been on kind of the internet presence in different ways, um, for a while. And, um, yeah, I felt inspired to start a cheerleading YouTube because I thought people might want it to be honest. Um, I felt, so when I was spent about a year training before I auditioned for the uh, Seahawks. And, um, I had one person in particular who kind of took me under her wing. She was an older veteran. Um, she was probably in her late thirties and she was retired from the team. And I just met her at a dance studio and she kind of, and I was 18. And so she kind of took me under her wing and was, was like, I'm going to tell you what you need to know. <laughs> and, I, and I was so thankful for that because no matter how much dance training I had, it didn't matter. There was so much more I was missing. Mm -hmm. um, about the job. And if it wasn't for her, um, I don't think I would have made it because I just wouldn't have known. And a lot of girls spend one, two, three, four, or five years auditioning before they first make it. And they come back every year and they learn you know, more every year. And so it's hard to do that. I don't know if I would have the patience to do that. That's really impressive. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I was very thankful for her help. And so I thought that there would be a lot of girls, especially in all-star cheerleading, or high school cheerleading or college who are like me and kind of got to that point of now, what do I do? Uh, you know, my body is still working. I just don't, I don't know how to uh, keep going. And I wanted to um, see if I could find those people and, and help. Yeah, so. I certainly, I, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to audition for any NFL cheerleading teams, but I'll probably keep watching it because um, a lot of the information was just really applicable, you know, for a, lots of things. Um, but like the last episode, you talked a lot about nutrition and I was really surprised for whatever reason about how much you said cheerleaders eat, you know, like, and that is a lot. Right. Um, and I don't know why I'm usually shocked by, by that because my cheerleader athletes seem to eat a ton too, but, but I think I found that kind of fascinating. So yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing that I feel like I've learned and really harnessed is, is the health aspect of it. You know, how do you perform at your athletic job um, and make it a healthy lifestyle? And I think that now, even though it's been several years since I've been on a team, you know, that team since then I've, you know, I've worked in corporate America. I've, I'm married now and we're expecting a baby and it kind of all, it's still the same information as I learned when I was an athlete um, and so that's kind of what is driving a lot of the passion is I'm learning that what I learned when I, you know, was preparing for 
whether it was all church year or high school or an NFL game, all that stuff can be used in your life going forward. And so if you can learn that at a younger age, you know, you're a lot better off health-wise, I think, learning how to eat correctly. Um, and then, of course, not to mention a lot of people uh, really struggle with it, especially at a young age, which is the worst time to struggle with it because you already have hormones and, you know, school and sleep problem it's like already it's a difficult time so the last thing you want to do is is have a problem with eating so yeah 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 and you certainly drive home that food is fuel which is like a really important message um in the prevention of eating disorders and things like that and helping people make better choices um but if so if somebody listening now has not watched your episodes yet can you just give me like the little overview of your approach to eating and a diet? Yeah. um, So I would say, yeah, food is fuel. Um, Eating is, is a tool that you um, should get to know how to use really, really well. Um, It's not something that is a reward or something that is a, um, a chore. It's something that um, you need kind of as your best friend, side by side every day and you understand how to use it. Um, and so I think that's, I guess that's a, a sum of my, my approach to, to eating is, um, understanding how it relates to your body and, uh, knowing what you're eating and why you're eating it and being happy about that instead of confused or reactive, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, you said two things in the video that really stood out to me. Um, the first one was you talked about how, like we could say, go out for dinner and maybe I pick a salad. That's all iceberg lettuce with some kind of dressing. But if I'd gone home and, you know, had like a grass fed burger with, you know, healthy grain bread and ketchup and mustard and pickles, it'd be such a more beneficial meal because of the quality of the food and yeah. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, you know, our society doesn't really drive home the idea of what healthy is. You know, Mm -hmm. we see a a commercial on TV from a fast food restaurant of, you know, now you can get this egg sandwich for $2. And it's like that egg egg sandwich is covered in oil. It's fried. It's low quality eggs. If it's $2, it's not going to be good for you (laughs) in general. You're better off just making your own egg with butter at home, you know. Um, And I just think there's a lot of misconception of of that, and especially when it comes to salads. And I saw saw a lot of my teammates doing that. Like, you know, they would eat – they didn't want to eat the food that was given. We we had a lot of food. Like in our locker room, it was like cold cut spreads and cheeses and nuts, you know, a a decent amount of food and – like they didn't want to eat that, but they would go eat like a Snickers bar to get the energy. It's a misunderstanding of what is going to help you versus hurt you. Yeah. 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 And another thing that you suggest um, is a food log experiment. So yeah. can we talk a little bit about that too and what that is? Yeah. It's um, so I think everyone should, should do it. And I said at the end that it's something that I do every day because it's like, I don't know, it's kind of more instinctual than something that's actually, I guess the first time you do it, it's, you know, homework, <laughs> but then it becomes um, instinctual. So the idea is that you spend about a week of writing down everything that you eat. And so um, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks, even a drink like a smoothie or coffee. 
Um, and you're not judging yourself. It's not a diet. It's not a, I'm going to try to eat less, or I'm going to not write down this cookie. Like, it's not about that. It's an experiment to learn kind of what makes you feel, how the food makes you feel and when. And so you can learn, um, you write down what you had for lunch, for example, a turkey sandwich and a salad. And then an hour later, you write down what happened to your energy and to your mood. And so you can say, my energy is up, my mood is up or my energy is down, and you do the same thing an hour later. So one hour and then two hours after you eat, you write down where your energy is at, up or down or the same, where your mood is at, um, and any other notes. You know, maybe it's a blood sugar crash that you're having, or you're just writing like, oh, I'm on the couch. Like, <laughs> not good. Um, and, you know, and it's, again, it's it's not, it's not a, um, it's not a silly exercise, right? It's not, there's no right answer. And it's not to say that if you have a cookie that you're going to feel bad because that's not true. Um, I love having a cookie. I love, I, we make our own cookies here, but I only eat them after I eat a full meal and then I feel great. But if all I had was the cookie, I wouldn't feel good. Right. So um, if you do it for several days, the idea is you can take out, and I talk about this in the video, uh, macronutrients, so protein, carbohydrates, and, and fats. Um, try adding or subtracting one of those. So if, if your meal was just protein and you felt pretty good afterward, but then two hours later you were hungry again and tired, next time try doing protein plus a vegetable and seeing if mm -hmm. that helps. Because the macronutrients work together in your body to um, assimilate the nutrients into your bloodstream and, and all that. So um, the idea is to find out what balance of food you need to feel good and prevent the times. So that way, when you are at a restaurant, and I mentioned this at the end of the video, how to have fun, because as a cheerleader, you're like always out. And so you want to have fun. You don't want to be like, oh, I can't go, you know, to this event. Um, and so you want to, but you want to know what to order. You want to just be aware of, hey, if I, I'm going to get this juicy bacon burger but I'm going to also get a plate of asparagus because I know the asparagus will help me out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, th I thought it was really interesting. I really enjoyed it. Um, how often are you going to put out videos? Cause I know it's a newer channel and you said you're expecting a baby. So congratulations. Thank so. You. so right now I hope to put out videos um, at least every other week. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and if somebody wanted to reach out to you because they had like an idea for a topic or, you know, they're stressing over something with their audition process is the best way just to, I know you said leave comments on the video. Is that the best way for people to get a hold of you? Yeah. I like when people comment because other people can see it too. Um, and they, you know, that's helpful. Um, you can also email me at Alexa, the American cheerleader at Gmail. Mm -hmm. And I'll get that too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, honestly, after I watched your videos, I felt like the information you presented is more universal than just for professional cheerleaders. And I heard tips in there for anyone trying out for various levels of cheer that they could use um, because it was so good about how to present yourself and how to, you know, choose the right outfit, how to dress for success. Like mm -hmm. it's a really informative, you know, quick video. It's not like hours long either. So it was really insightful and to the point. Um, do you have any upcoming topics that you're already thinking about doing that we could get an idea about? Um, so I have a couple in mind that are like, um, what to do when kind of video. So what to do when, um, you mess up on the field or, well, you know, kind of like some, some situations that people might be scared of, um, which happen whether, no matter what kind of team you're on. Right. Um, so I have that, those ideas. I like what you said about, um, 
you know, presentation and how to present yourself. Um, that's a whole nother topic I could go into as well. I talked about that a little bit in, I think, my first video. But um, my hope is that when people watch, they have questions and that would fuel some as well. But all I have to do really is think about my time as an NFL cheerleader and all the things I learned. And there's just so much. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of topics to dive into. So, okay, last question. If there was one, like one major takeaway from the audition process or one thing you wish you'd known before you'd started the process, what would that one thing be? Hmm. Um, I guess, well, okay. So if I was talking to somebody who is going to try out, um, the one thing I guess to, to, that I would say is, um, is, is be your best self, mm -hmm. be your best self. And that means be prepared, be knowledgeable, be poised, be, um, well-spoken and just be your best self is the best thing that you can do. Yeah. All right. Great. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope you found it as informative and entertaining as I did. If you're enjoying the podcast, then please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Cheerleading Junkie, or find us on Facebook as The Cheerleading Junkie, or on Twitter at The Cheerleading One. That's T-H-E-C-H-E-E-R-L-E-A-D-I-N, number one. This is Jill Markley, The Cheerleading Junkie, saying see you next week.